Hello humans. Hello humans. A little after eight here on the 27th of July. Heading into the big city to do shopping and scarf up some berries and stuff for making jam. It's uh, cold as fuck. Fog here. It's 49 degrees on the beach. Um, it's been cold for couple of days. Looks like it's going to be cold for a few more uh, days here. Maybe a week. Unusual. The pattern we've got in terms of the early morning fog and then the um, very late afternoon sun. So, you know, the sun breaks through maybe uh, 2.30 to 3. Uh, so we got a few hours of it. Uh, but this is a, a pattern we normally get at the end of September moving into October. So are we in a um, period of time where fall has been <laughs> shifted forward a couple of months? Sure feels like it. All the uh, tourists on the beach this morning were all wearing parkas and shivering and stuff. Most of them are kind of silly and they wear short pants out here. They don't know what they're really looking at in terms of temperatures. And they think they're going to be at the beach and that implies, you know, warm weather and all of this. <laughs> so they put on shorts and then they freeze. Um, anyway, though, very interesting uh, past few days, uh, especially with the uh, UFO stuff and who's saying what, and and so uh, you got to read carefully though, right? So there you'll see headlines that Christopher Mellon, the um, you know national um, intelligence, uh, you know defense intelligence guy, as well as a member of the um, Mellon family associated with the Mellon Bank and you know deep insider in the deep state. This guy was saying that there's uh, that the U.S. government has uh, recovered UFOs and um, uh, you know dead alien bodies, right? But he's not saying that he actually saw any. He's just saying that he was told that by another member of government. So you got to read into these articles because there's all kinds of um, horseshit being thrown out. And there's a bunch of games trying to be played now. Got to really suck down the coffee. It's been a brutal few days. I have to um, drive my wife into medical appointments, and we've got to go into the big, big city of Olympia. And, uh, you know, a couple of hours drive each way, uh, trying to coordinate uh, everything. <laughs> big dogs. It's just, uh, it's just really tedious and wearing. So extra coffee today because we've just come through one of those rounds of stuff. Um, so, uh, all right, so, uh, we have a situation here, uh, where in, um, earth is, okay, so uh, let me see if I can back up and operate. Um, there's no sign, uh, in terms of archeologically, so we don't find, uh, remnants or, you know, um, fossils or this kind of thing from civilizations that were in the uh, descending Bronze Age. So, um, you know, let's see, 2400. Uh, so about 3000 years ago and further back, um, you would have been in the uh, descending Bronze Age, right? And uh, prior to that was the descending Silver Age. Uh, the descending Bronze Age at um, uh, 
2400 years and then the descending Silver Age at 3600 years. Now, in that period of time, um, this 6,000 year period of time, we don't find in some huge areas of the, of the planet, we don't find any sign of uh, weapons of war, nor do we find war toys, um, nor do we find any form of trading species. Okay, so we don't find coins. Um, obviously, we don't find any paper notes. There is no sign in the archaeological records uh, throughout this major civilization in the Indus Valley that people have lived in for, you know, potentially millions of years, but, but at least uh, through the last Silver Age and, uh, and Bronze Age Kali Yuga, then the Ascending Kali Yuga, and then the 325 years to where we're at now. In that period of time, we don't find any form of a building for like a bank, okay? There's obviously uh, grain storage and uh, other uh, collective uh, food storage buildings that are found. And, you know, and they find things like um, uh, buildings that were obviously used to smoke meats, right? That kind of thing, right? And we find granaries and this sort of thing, but we don't find banks. Uh, we don't find any repository of, you know, gold coins or the, any of this sort of thing. All of those, okay, so now the coins that we appear to, that we have found all appear to come from uh, the descending Kali Yuga or the ascending Kali Yuga, right? So in the last 2,725 years, we find uh, signs of coins and trading and this sort of thing, right? But prior to that, we don't really. There, there are just not a lot of archaeological records of any kind of, of trading activity in these civilizations. We know that they they had to have had some form of interpersonal exchange because there were millions of people living there. So, uh, you know, so this is this is kind of a, um, uh, a situation of, well, uh, you know, they had to have done it somehow. And so what was the mechanism? We just don't, as I say, we don't find any uh, any mechanism for the trading, but we know that they did do it. Uh, but this is very telling, okay? So this means that, uh, or this this lack of warfare and all of that kind of stuff, and lack of uh, species for trading, currency, gold coins, you know, um, giant stone wheels, you know, and like yap and this sort of thing. Um, all of these are Kali Yuga inventions. They apparently were not needed in the descending Silver Age and the descending Bronze Age. Very interesting concept there. Man, the fog is dense here. Nobody's going over 40 miles an hour. Anyway, so, um, all right, so, Our civilization works on this idea basically of debt, and underlying that is basically money as a medium of exchange and a store of value and so on. Um, this has led us to all kinds of derivatives and to uh, financing and funding, <coughs> everything from, um, you know, like GoFundMe to actual uh, bond issues at a state level or other organization. Um, and this brings up the idea that uh, we, okay, so it's possible that over these next couple of years, as had been hinted at 
uh, within the data, uh, like way back when, like in the, I want to say pre-2010 data runs, there were these um, pointers that, you know, there was long-range data. We, I didn't know how far out it was, but it was certainly out years ahead of the data run itself. But the um, collections of data went to the idea of mm, something new. I don't know what it'll be called, uh, but it's a, it's a funding mechanism that people will uh, voluntarily uh, buy into. And it'll make some people, you know, fantastically wealthy and, and, you know, all kinds of scammers around it, all this sort of thing. But basically what it will be will be uh, funding for uh, space-based operations. And so I think they'll, personally, I think they'll issue bonds, right? And so the idea would be that, you know, you would have a, a corporation that had, say, like SpaceX, right? So SpaceX has a proven ability to, you know, shove people up into space. Well, maybe that corporation needs to raise huge amounts of money because they want to go and like, um, you know, go to the moon or colonize Mars or something like this. Big operations, lots of people ongoing for years and years and years. And so they'll need a significant funding source. And so the data had hinted that we would get into a period of time where there were um, uh, off-planet um, bonding arrangements going on, a whole new level of financing. And so we would see perhaps, uh, you know, SpaceX may announce a general uh, first round of bond funding that would later be split. So you'd buy in on the first ones. And then when they did the second round of funding or the third, they would split the number of shares that you had commensurate with the number of new shares that were doing the dilution so that the first people that get in would benefit uh, proportionately to their early um, uh, activity. So in other words, early actors would be rewarded for being uh, proactive and, and, and aiding in the process of producing a groundswell that would draw in the second and third rounds of financing that are really the giant ones that are needed. But you need the first rounds of financing to, you know, get everything moving. And so the idea was that we would have a, I don't know what we'll, we'll call them, but, you know, a percentage growing, uh, so you buy in and there's a certain percentage, maybe 30% of the shares or bonds are let out in the um, first round of funding. Uh, well, if they then let in another 60%, that would dilute that 30% that had been uh, very early and provided the key stage. So there would be some mechanism for compensating these early people for their early uh, action, right? For being an early adopter. And, um, you know, financially at some level. Anyway, so I think we're very close to that. I think we're close to uh, some corporations uh, having to uh, acknowledge the dysfunction of government captured by the WEF, uh, the dysfunction to the point that these corporations can't do stuff. They're going to anticipate the collapse of the WEF uh, capture of governments on the planet, and they still want to do stuff and get ahead of the, you know, and, and stay on their schedule, right? And so they will decide that, okay, well, we need to raise as a corporation XYZ, we need to raise as much money as, you know, uh, all of France, right? The kind of financing that a whole whole country would have. Um, and so they'll do this this funding arrangement. And that that's a big temporal marker uh, for the shift into sci-fi uh, world. That, that should happen maybe 
a year or so before. So we, we should get a temporal marker uh, uh, around these uh, new bonding sources or new share sources, whatever we're going to call them. We should get some kind of um, action on that, I think, nine months to a year before we actually end up with um, what we could say is the entry to sci-fi world. And part of the entry to sci-fi world, part of that, the temporal markers that define it, is the falling away of the uh, the bullshit layer on the on the planet put there by the mother weffers and the you know and also it will be so we'll f that bullshit layer will fall apart and one of the key for me one of the key things about this particular temporal marker is that it marks a point at which this funding source having been proven with the um, uh, you know going into space stuff starts being used by corporations large and small groups large and small that will incorporate um, to do things uh, like, uh, so for instance, like investigating uh, human history, right? <coughs> and you would fund, you know, you could buy into um, a corporation's efforts to really delve into and find real history and lay it out, you know, uh, factually and so on. And you might benefit as an individual because maybe you're a historian and you're going to write a book. Or, you know, um, maybe you want to, uh, you know, press some kind of a claim on government for them having done something nefarious 30 or 40 years ago to your family that, that um, disadvantaged you, right? Uh, so, you know, not like slavery or, you know, en masse, but like in individual levels of crimes. And, and we'll get into all kinds of history. We'll also get into real history about various different kinds of people. And all these guys will be uh, funding these operations by basically uh, selling shares or bonds in the uh, outcome in the in the proceeds but in so in this sense it's going to this upcoming period of time is going to uh, resemble so I'm going here at, at 45 miles an hour and I think that's probably even a little bit too fast given the density of the fog here uh, I can see so I know, okay, so I can see 60 feet before the road signs start disappearing into the fog and become um, illegible. So quite the dense fog, cold as fuck. Um, you know, I want some of that global warming. <coughs> anyway, and so this, this, histo this history um, mining, so to speak, this uh, commercialization of uh, human history at this level is a an aspect of that temporal marker series uh, that I find very intriguing because it could open up so much stuff for us. And of course, there will be battles over it, lawsuits and all this kind of stuff. So it's going to be, um, you know, uh, a big boon for lawyers and courts once we get those things reconstituted uh, to where they're, you know, honest and, and we can uh, suspect that they'll render a fair ver verdict. Um, but anyway, like I say, it's a fascinating a uh, couple sets of um, temporal markers, a couple of sets with their temporal markers, uh, one of which is this, and it's a key one, is this new um, uh, attempt to finance operations in space. Now this brings up this other issue though. And so uh, probably we won't encounter it right away. I don't know how it's going to unfold, I know, um, but I'm pretty sure that our uh, commercialization of space at this level um, over these next, you say, two years or so, especially with the bonding issues and stuff, is going to get us to the point where we're going to have to consider 
the idea that we don't own the solar system, right? The humans are on planet Earth, but we may actually be in a situation where there may be some other being that that says that they have a, uh, you know, a legitimate, could be adjudicated, if we could find a court kind of thing, claim to the planet and its resources through, you know, um, length of time on the planet or something, right? So we know that there are mining operations going on right now um, in the very deep oceans of Earth that are not, as far as we know, involving humans, that they predate our, our current human uh, society. And you can see the, the uh, examples of this on Google Earth, uh, on the maps. Stuff is being seen down there. Uh, we suspect we know some where some um, alien bases are under the waters, this kind of thing. So these people, if they've been mining for, you know, 20,000 years, um, may well have a legitimate claim, you know, to being uh, at least equivalent owners uh, of the, the planet uh, with current humans. And so, let's see. So there's this uh, meme out there in the woo world about the ring makers of Saturn, okay? And this appears to have support within the military and within, uh, you know, little rumors and whispers in NASA and stuff. And the idea is that there's giant, um, and we don't know how uh, many of them or, or the extent of any of this, but there are giant spaceships out in Saturn that are actually making the rings that are going through and doing stuff, mining and, and moving material around and doing this kind of thing. Now, it could be all automated, but I think there's probably space aliens involved with it. And so if there are, if this is factual, if as the military believes there's more, okay, so I, I read once, and this would have been from a source that was in the 60s, okay, and I read the information in the 70s, um, where the guys, uh, the authors of this particular paper, it was not a book, um, said that if we looked at the uh, those pings that we can get out of the uh, rings of Saturn with our devices, with our um, uh, long-range uh, sensing devices and stuff, if we look at the the information coming back, there appears to be as um, much mass in um, alien spaceships as uh, more mass in alien spaceships than all of the world's navies uh, throughout uh, our world's navies throughout all of our history so every navy boat that's ever been made in all of our history there's more mass in the space alien spaceships out there doing things in the in the rings of Saturn than we have had in all of our history in our navies. And they, they don't know how much because we can only examine a small section of the rings at a time. You can't see through Saturn, so to speak, to see what the level of activity is on the other side of it. So we're restricted to like, I think I read it was 96 degree angle of view of the rings and the material. So then you'd have to wait for it to rotate around and, and so on, right? Um, but in any event, so that would imply that perhaps there's, you know, uh, a quarter of our, our planet's um, uh, level of humans out there working in uh, the rings of Saturn in terms of number of beings. So we might have, you know, two billion 
aliens out there working in the rings doing shit. Um, you know, we don't have any contact with them. We don't know what the hell they're doing. We're pretty primitive. We're just now coming out of the, um, there's giant tag, tiger cat up there harvesting um, trees. Um, that's a big excavator kind of thing. They're really cool. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, so there might be, you know, some considerable portion of Earth's humans population now actively involved in a number of alien beings that are working out in the rings of Saturn. And we have no idea what these alien beings are, right? So uh, it gets real complicated, but I'm looking forward to these ex explorations of all of this. The, the point being that if we start going out and we start doing things like, um, you know, go to the moon and want to set up a mine, well, hey, maybe we find it's occupied and they say, fuck no, dude, we're already working that. Or, you know, something along these lines. Or find out that the moon is not, you know, natural. And, and so I don't really think that the, um, the heat spot that NASA showed there has anything to do with granite or anything to do with vul volcanism. Um, it's my uh, assumption at this stage, until proven otherwise, that it was an accident. Either uh, a power accident or uh, an industrial accident that created that uh, sudden spike of heat uh, subsurface. Um, anyway, though, so we may find that these people, the, these beings say, no, you, you know, uh, you can't do this. Right. And so then all humanity is going to have to decide how we're going to approach this. You know, we got to be very fucking careful because these beings are obviously, um, well-equipped technically, right. And they have good technology, but at some point we get a, a key understanding here and uh, thereafter, uh, there isn't a technological um, advantage uh, by these um, uh, beings out there because we would understand the basic level of physics and then, hey, we can do that shit too. And we're inventive. Maybe we can do something better than they're doing. And in fact, since we're approaching the technology and the science and stuff new, and we're so squirrely, uh, we probably will do something unique and and. Uh, different than uh, what they have done, and it may be, um, you know, uh, hugely more effective, right? So just because we're there new and they may be, you know, 20 or 30,000 years into the technology and have lost the innovation edge. I suspect that there is a ebb and flow in all species uh, that um, replicates the ebb and flow of uh, material through time in terms of memes and so forth in our species. There probably is something similar uh, that is affecting other uh, species. And we may see this in, we may get species that are highly sophisticated, but, you know, they're basically sort of la intellectually lazy because they're in one of those uh, segments where they think they've invented everything, everything's, uh, you know, uh, skook them, it all works, they don't have the any kinds of issues to overcome, and then they meet us, <laughs> and we're going to be their issue to overcome. Anyway, so, the space bonds, and then the history bonds, or history shares, or however they're going to phrase these things, right? Uh, because I don't know what structure they're going to use, but you'll find corporations that will set up and they'll get into some serious history and they're going to really tear um, 
all of the mother weffers a whole new ass, right? They're just gonna gonna rip them to shit, and and we're gonna start rebuilding the history. And these guys have been trying to control history for the last six thousand years, and so all that's gonna go away. So now bear in mind what all this means, okay? Humanity over these next couple of years, now that we've reached this space alien uh, set of markers, and it's gonna continue through August, and we're gonna reach a um, near-term peak of um, emotion around the space alien stuff that will rise through the month of August and will peak at the end of the uh, end of August but carry through from September, October, November, etc. into next year maintaining that same level. <coughs> so we should get some kind of a um, meaningful uh, reveal uh, about space alien activity and so on. Uh, uh, I doubt it'll come out of government. It'll probably be forced. It's my assumption that uh, our USA um, Biden regime uh, fucktards and the uh, deep state that they are supporting uh, politically, I think they are being forced into this because they know or have been given a hard deadline by somebody like the Russians or the Chinese. And so I think the Russians, probably it's the Russians, uh, have come and said to them, um, hey, January 2, we're going to go out and release all this shit we know about space aliens. And so our guys here are trying to get ahead of it, right? They're trying to, to front run the thing. Um, oh, people out fishing. Steelhead or trout, I don't know. There shouldn't be salmons yet. Anyway, um, just on one of the rivers here in town. Uh, so in... Um, in the pressure of this, in terms of pressuring the country, I think that's what's, or the, the administration kind of guys, I think that's what's driving all of the uh, space alien stuff, and I think it's going to really ratchet up, because I actually think they have a hard deadline of some form. Um, I don't think it's the space aliens coming back, you know, they could see those spaceships, they could calculate, okay, they're going to be here, you know, the 2nd of January, we better get our act together and start telling people that this shit's going to happen. And they got to do it step by step by step. They can't just come on out and say, hey, you know, there's this huge motherfucking mothership coming and, and it'll be here January 2nd, you know, all you guys better buy all the ammo and, and food you can, because <coughs> we don't know what's going to happen, right? We just don't know what the outcome is going to be or what our reaction is going to be and so on. But there are some things that are predictable and those things are freaking out the government guys. Um, just saw an interesting trimaran boat. That looked like a uh, skin on frame kayaky kind of an arrangement. Um, anyway, so uh, the government is, is in a world of hurt because they are going to be in the position of having, uh, through releasing of factual information, they are going to assault all the religions. And this is going to cause people to go batshit, okay? Uh, Mohammedism, okay, so Muhammad got uh, the Quran from meeting an L in a cave, okay? And so there's a lot of people that, that uh, I've uh, read, especially a lot of uh, Jewish commenters, that said, oh, Mohammedism is a, a kind of the squirrely made-up uh, religion and that Muhammad was a paranoid schizophrenic and that he was in this cave and hallucinated the whole thing. I don't buy that, actually, okay? I actually think that there was an L, as Muhammad said, that he met in a cave. He met a god, you know, lowercase g, quotes around it, uh, in a cave who gave him the Quran 
who told him all of this shit, right? And so that's what I think actually happened for Muhammad. I don't think that he was uh, paranoid schizophrenic. However much, you know, he may have had other mental illnesses like every other human. Uh, I just, the, the nature of the information and how it was delivered, I, I think it's just like uh, with the Jews, right? I think that the Torah was exactly uh, as it was told to the scribes to write down by the space aliens that they were having to deal with who could kill him on a whim. And no one gave a shit from the space alien. There was no, um, no compensation, no, no actions that were taken to any of the space aliens that would just come along and kill a human. It just didn't matter, right? It's like we were insects, uh, you know, and the insects, who cares if the anthill gets uh, annoyed because you kill some ants, right? Um, that's just kind of the situation we're in. So I think that that sort of thing is going on and we're going to have a um, uh, uh, issues with this relative to religion as we go forward simply because the uh, any factual information about UFOs that leads to the idea of non-Earth beings in a human past instantly brings up the issue of whether or not dumb fucking humans in the Kali Yuga period of time were worshiping the space aliens because we didn't know any better, right? Because our brains are too dense, we don't have enough um, intelligence being generated through the emanations from the galactic center because we're too close to the plane, obscuring plane of the, of the dense mass of the galaxy. And so uh, that's, that's my, my um, personal opinion as to uh, what the fuck's going to start unrolling as a result of this. But the, the data was quite clear that we were going to have big upsets in the religion structure, and it'll cause all kinds of problems. So um, if I went into all of the data sets in a uh, deliberate way and went through them all and checked them all for this, uh, you would we'd see that you know there was a continuing growing uh, thread to this effect. And some of the things that are coming, were coming out of it, uh, of that thread way back when, were um, the assault on the Vatican, which was coincident with the space alien stuff. So I had interpreted it, it as being, um, at the time, uh, it, you know, it's not possible in terms of how these things lay out to be able to tell if they're in the same set, which one comes first. And so... Uh, at the time that I first ran across the sets for the Vatican and the uh, space alien coincidence stuff, there were um, riots and break-ins uh, into the Vatican itself, and uh, there was some level of looting of the uh, Vatican libraries. You know, um, descriptions of mobs wandering through the uh, the, the catacombs under the Vatican, their storage, people looking at all the material. It wasn't that they were being destructive or anything. <coughs> it didn't come across that way. There was the destruction of the back wall of the Vatican that allows all this mob to come on in. There was the association with um, food rioting uh, elsewhere that made me think that this was p potentially food riots as well. Um but it may not be that way. It may have been that we were in a period, as we are now, of uh, concerns and anxiety about the food supply, but that there no, was no real rioting about it in, uh, the, at the Vatican, and that they were just attacking the Vatican over the um, 
the lies and the power structure and the Vatican, you know, uh, raping and killing and murdering all these people, right? So I know for a fact that there were, um, over the course of 20 years, um, it's estimated that there was over a million Cathars that were killed in France, Holland, um, uh, Belgium, Spain, uh, Portugal, uh, all over, right, by the Catholics during this 20-year crusade. So, you know, so the Catholic uh, uh, infrastructure is is very dirty and very evil at that, that regard. And look at all of the symbolism of the fuck. I mean, if you see the the um, stuff that's in the Vatican, that is a, in terms of the uh, artwork behind all of these fuckers in their officialdom and while they're wearing dresses and their, their fish head hats and they're sitting up there, if you look at that artwork, that shit is satanic. There's no getting around it. It is not a good thing for humans that this exists. Anyway, though, so all of the religions are going to be under assault, and we're going to have, as a result of information coming out, and the government can't, and, the, you know, our United States government, now captured by the WEF, is desperate that they not release this, okay, because much of their power structure depends on the uh, cohesion of religions and being able to treat the uh, religious people as a group. So they know how to manipulate all of the Catholics. But what happens if Catholicism itself shreds? If it just, everybody says, well, fuck, this was all a bunch of space aliens. I'm not going to hassle with this crap anymore. And, you know, because their mind's going to be in a turmoil. There'll be huge gaps. What are they going to do? What are they going to believe? All of this sort of thing, right? And so um, that period is ahead for us. And that period went on solidly for like three plus years in the data sets and then trailed off for maybe another dozen years as it as we keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper into this it keeps affecting more and more people the sort of good news is that it actually um incites a the re-examination of religion per se uh in uh, that we've come through in the Kali Yuga and all of this to, to the form where we have our current religion, incites a new, um, let me just call it a philosophy, a new philosophical approach that gradually comes through humanity and it's very cool for us and really, really works. It's very binding. It's very cohesive to, to humanity and gets us uh, over a lot of the uh, factional infighting that comes from religion. Anyway, I got to go now, guys, uh, but it's going to be really interesting as we get further into the uh, UFO stuff here, and I, I just can't wait as we hit some of these other temporal markers uh, for uh, the spillover into the big changes. And we're we're coming up into those. We're we're deep into it now, so uh, we're into the active part of the big ugly, and we're going to start crawling out of it, uh, out of the big ugly part. Um, maybe May of next year. Uh, so over the 2024, there will be a distinct lightening of mood, uh, globally around the pandemic and all of the bullshit that we've come into. I suspect because we will start beginning, uh, some level of justice and retribution against the people that did it to us. Uh, but so we actually are, are pulling out of the worst of the depressive part of things and we'll be moving forward into a much more, uh, human supporting uh, period. And, and basically we're starting into it now as weird as it's going to sound, the deeper we get into chaos and, and mental aberrations and everybody freaking out, the better it is for us because we've got to get through that. We've got to cleanse ourselves of all of this bad ideas and we can't do it by not facing it. 
So anyway, <laughs> sorry to be a pain first thing in the morning, uh, but um, uh, that's kind of the layout, and we're, we're hitting those temporal markers now. Talk to you later. I'll make another one of these on the way out.